Welcome, everybody, to episode 176 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. You should follow us at Two on Three Pod on Twitter, and you can send us email at holla, holla. at two on three pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. I'm Chris, and you can find me calling out national sports analysts for using just the bass player as a pejorative at CD Villasenor on Twitter. And with me, per usual, is Ty, who is just the bass player. Where can we find you on social media? Uh, well, I'm tweeting at SEATJK, and I'll have you know that at one of our shows, some girl came up to me and she said, if I was going to go home with anybody, it'd be the bass player. <laughs> so, and you, you say what that, you like. You, you married that girl. <laughs> no, no, no. That was actually my wife was there, and it wasn't her. <laughs> we hey, weren't yet married. Hey, hey now. Anyway, let me figure I, chuck- I chuckled and moved on. R- Rick Buecher the other day. On, a, on an appearance on some sports program was like talking about so like talking about with well, his team's like they're a band and this guy he's just a bass player and like and it's like whoa like whoa well dude. i mean i hope he was referring to somebody who like plays great d and rebounds the shit out of the ball no he was wow. referring to them as useless <laughs> that's not how it works no and so all the all my well, not all my bass playing friends, but a couple of my bass playing, playing friends took it the right way and roasted him on Twitter, <laughs> which he should. Because, you know, you can't just start throwing crap around like that. It's just ridiculous. I don't know. I mean, who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I, this I mean, is the problem, right? Like, you're like, oh, you should get roasted. And I'm like, I sort of agree with you, but I actually also like, I mean, before the internet, people said shit like this all the time. Right. But it was it's fun to it's fun to beat up on people for saying dumb shit. Of and course, it's like it's relative, it's basically harmless, right? It's dumb yeah. but harmless and yeah. it's fun to beat people up over that just in a fun and harmless way. No one's really angry. <laughs> I bet you know. Buker's angry now that he had to deal with that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure. This sure. sucks. I hate being in the media. Why <laughs> <laughs> do people do that? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, we got a great show tonight. Um, we are going to talk a little bit about sports, like maybe a little bit of a sports potpourri, a sports potpourri here in segment one. Um, number two, we are bracing ourselves for the massive heat wave that's coming, the extreme heat warning that we're getting in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, and number three, we're going to talk some moral dilemmas, some in-depth ones. I mean, like serious moral dilemmas. Uh, a really, yeah, more like deep diving the would you rathers in a, in a serious and awful way. <laughs> Who's going to die today? <laughs> uh, of course, after that, the testes and uh, and a little OT. Who Who is better? Teen flavor. Well, my flavor when I was a teenager. As opposed TV. To TV teens. TV, what, TV that we watched when we were teens. Kind of a thing. And or people stunker. pretending to be teens. <laughs> on TV. It should be. It should be a good one. Anyway, but before we start the show, I wanted to talk a little Golf Dad Confidential. Yeah, you owe us an update. I do. So the um, if you follow me on Twitter, uh, you'll know that uh, the other week uh, my daughter was playing in the Washington Women's Amateur Tournament. And you're allowed in that tournament to have a caddy. And I asked her if she'd like me to caddy for her. And she says, no, I got it. She did not play well. And the next day, I found myself caddying. <laughs> and she played better for the next two days, which was great. And so, uh, and, uh, and scientifically, I am worth about 15 strokes to, you know, that's valuable. So, but Golf Dad has to go for more because this is the beginning of the Golf Dad season. I really, it's really the kids' golf season, but it's really Golf Dad season. And um, I had to go out on Monday uh, this Monday to the home course, which we love. Mm-hmm. Great course, except when it's 92 degrees out because there's not a lick of shade on that whole stinking course. I mean, you are just walking around out in the middle of this giant field of grass. Yeah, there's getting, like one hole, like the ninth <laughs> hole. The ninth right. hole has some shade. <laughs> just getting cooked mm-hmm. and cooked hard. And not only, not only getting cooked and cooked hard, but having to deal with um, some stuff. So... Uh, WJGA is the the sort of the top tier of competitive golf in the state for juniors. And so okay. this young man and his dad show up and um, the dad informs us, like, hey, this is my son's first t- golf tournament. <laughs> like ever? Ever. Hmm. So I was like, oh, this should be an adventure. 
And the kid's okay. Like he's okay. Mm-hmm. He's, he's 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 hitting it around, hitting it around. And then we get to, and I, I don't know if you remember the seventh hole. Maybe it's the sixth hole or the seventh hole at the home course, which goes down the hill. It goes over the hill, down the hill to that pond. Mm-hmm. And then you have to hit it across the pond to the green on the other side. Mm-hmm. He hits a so-so drive, and he is standing about 195 on a downhill, on a downhill lie, and he waits. He's not going to lay up. <laughs> he hits a, like a 175-yard drive, <laughs> and now he's waiting to hit this ball. I'm like, so I'm standing there. I'm, I have to be a walking scorer, so you're supposed to not talk to your kid. Mm-hmm. But I was sort of standing in the general vicinity of my kid, and I looked at him. He looked at me. And I, <laughs> I looked at the other kid at the top of this hill, and I looked at my son, and we just sort of shook our heads. It's like, oh, this is this is no good. Of course, he hits it into the water, shockingly, because I can't even make this shot. I was going to say, to be clear for our audience, the green is also quite small, and it will not stop on that on that trajectory. You'd have to be able to throw it up in the air from a downhill eye, which is virtually impossible unless you are extremely skilled. <laughs> From 195, even I'm going to lay up, and I hit crazy shots all the time. Right. And, and it was so, and so he, so he proceeds to melt it down, like takes, and then like goes to the drop zone, hits one in the water, another one in the water, takes like a big number, goes to the next hole, makes a 14. Oh, that's not a very hard hole either. It's <laughs> no, just the par five? Yeah. yeah. And then goes to the ninth hole and makes like a nine. Oh, yeah. And is like, is like melted down. This kid is like toast. I mean, he is a, he is crying. Like he is, he is a mess. I'm like, you cannot bring your child out to this, this level of competition as their first, you gotta get your feet wet somewhere else, dude. Mm-hmm. You gotta, so this kid bails out. He's like, I'm done. He taps out, does not play the back nine. <laughs> All right. So fast forward to the fact that, you know, now we're instead of, playing a threesome we're playing two so we're playing fast and we come up on the next group in front of us where where we have johnny 12 year old aim point putter oh i love it just read a green i'm just i about i'm like now i'm about to melt down it's 90 low 90s it's like 92 degrees there's no shade and johnny aim point is taking five minutes to putt like three minutes to putt like the longer putts are taking literally five minutes. I and I don't know what to do. I'm just I beside myself. Like do you I want to describe aim? Do you want to describe aim point for our aim listeners? Point, don't know? Aim, aim point is a putting technique which you read the green by standing and feeling the tilt of the land. <laughs> the shit does not work. I want to be crystal clear. It doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. I've been playing golf for 20 years. I have more than that, actually. Nearly 30 years I've been playing golf. I have tried this on a couple of putts where I'm like, I'm not sure. And I go stand there and I'm like, I've done it enough times. Like, I don't know. This is bullshit. Just read it. Just look look at the ground. Figure it out. Right. And so, and then you have to hold up a finger. So now if you feel one or two degrees of slope, you have to hold your one or two fingers out in front of your eyeball. And then like, and then it tells you where to putt the ball. Does not work. <laughs> and so we're now I'm dying a slow death. Like there's not enough water in the world. Like I'm going to drink out of the pond on 14. Like I'm so, and they're not doing a very good job with water. There's no water on the course. It's, you know, the cart lady came by like once on the back nine, once on the front nine kind of a thing. I'm just like, we're going to die out here. And, uh, but we get through it. Fast forward to today where I take my son out to the drive chip and putt qualifier uh-huh. and he qualifies by the way. Congratulations. Congratulations. Second place, second in chipping actually hold out a chip. Very nice. Nice. Nicely done. But wouldn't you know it? The kid, two players in front of my son is Johnny Aimpoint, and Johnny Aimpoint is on the drive chip and putt putting green. You get three putts, a six, like a six footer, a, 15 footer and a 30 footer and he is meticulously aim pointing every one of these fucking putts like it took him like the kid in front of him went and chipped and then left and to go to the driving it was to the driving area to the like gone he was like 
It took this kid. <laughs> he left it, the property. <laughs> yeah, it took this kid ten plus minutes to putt these three putts. Oh. Like my son and I were sitting on this rock near the because we wanted to see. You know, you're looking at the putts because you want to get information. Because it's like twenty kids just putted this putt in front of you, dude. You don't have to go through the. All you do is watch three of the kids who played in front of you. you right. It showed. They showed you how the putts were. Like this whole performative <laughs> aim pointing, making me crazy. I was, oh. and I about yelled again. I was like, I was, I was, I was beside myself. More moral dilemma: Do I scoff loudly at a child <laughs> and a twelve-year-old boy? Yeah. And his father, who obviously taught him, is encouraging him to do this. Like I just, I would have pulled that guy aside. Like, hey, hey, you need to get this shit under control. <laughs> this needs to. What stop. are you doing? This needs to stop. You're and ruining now. everyone's life here. <laughs> Oh, poor Johnny Aimpoint. And, you know, Johnny Aimpoint didn't even score as much as my son. And my because son the putts, shit doesn't work. <laughs> and my my son putts using the force, I think. I don't even know if he reads putts. He just, like, walks up there sort of. He, here's how he putts. He, he puts his balls down. He looks to the left of the ball. And then he looks to the right of the ball. And then he putts the ball. I <laughs> I can speak to that method as a younger golfer. I, like, I had a, 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 a friend of my dad's, like, uh like, I just didn't even think about it. I was putting. And so I just, you know, okay. like, hit, I just drained this 12-footer or whatever. And he's like, he's like, Lord, I wish I could just walk up and drain 12-footers. And I'm, like, maybe 14 years old. Like, now I can't do that at all. <laughs> no. I don't know. I don't know why. Probably because I tried the aim point method. <laughs> it ruined me forever. It got in your head. Yeah. It's like, it's just, it's, 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 it's. That's it's brutal. Sim- it's as simple as you want to make it. But anyway, so God You're going to have to rig up your automatic push cart to carry a, a cooler of water around with you guys. oh man i'm gonna i might have to because we have to play on monday and monday is gonna be like 105 degrees so <laughs> i may die warm. this might be my last episode of the uh, two on three <laughs> podcast because i might like have a heat stroke and die so welcome to episode 177 uh chris has died of heat stroke we're gonna go ahead and end the show <laughs> the chrisville's your requiem <laughs> Episode 177. Uh, anyway, let's get on with the show. All right. Segment number one. You know, speaking of being a golf dad, but I've really been loving sports the last couple of weeks. And I have been relatively indifferent to sports for the last year uh, through COVID, I, through all that kind of stuff. Because, you know, it was kind of off, right? It was just weird. Right. And every everything was weird. And, you know, all your sports were weird. Like they did all. Kinds like I of just crazy didn't stuff. watch any college basketball last season at all, not even my own team. I was just like, I'm just going to ignore this this year. Right, I just ignore. It. But something has happened over the last couple of weeks that have that has sort of brought me into it. Now I've always been watch, I've always watched golf. I've always, I mean, that's like that's sort of a standard for us in this show, you know that. But I felt like the, the U.S. Open was particularly compelling. I really enjoyed it. I, I watched mean, it, a lot of it on set, uh, on Sunday. Uh huh. Um, I've watched. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But I, no, I watched. I watched most of it on Sunday. But uh, I had a hard time getting into it in the early part of the week. And I yeah. think it's because Tory's just nothing to look at. The U.S. Open was at Tory Pines, and it's just it's not very visually interesting. Yeah, I mean, it has lovely vistas, but like from the course perspective, it's right. pretty much like long and straight. All the all the holes are like really long and really straight, and then they just make the fairways really narrow. Yeah, it's not on like my bucket list. It's not. No, no. You're definitely not. You're definitely not uh, wanting. You're not dying to go play Tory Pines South for sure. But um, but I found that it was it was nice drama, and sure. and I and I thought the outcome was uh, I thought the outcome was interesting. It was good. Yeah, it had a lot of good story time. But um, also the next thing that that has sort of caught my eye is uh, European League soccer. Have you been Have you been Have you been in on it? Yeah, you are talking about international the year? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Euro. Yeah, I mean, you know me. You know how I feel about the Spanish national team. It's like I, I've been attached to them for for twenty plus years, um, basically since I realized that the United States was never going to be like meaningful international competitors. Right. Uh, it's tough too as a as a the generation changes right, and like a lot of the guys don't play on the the club team that I watch. Whereas like it used to be that like my club was Barcelona and the national team was basically like. Nine of the starting eleven were like from the, from the starting eleven. Barcelona. It's like Barcelona light. It was right, the, and then you had deal. It was like Barcelona and Sergio Ramos, right, and who I hated. <laughs> you, I loved him. I hated him. Yeah, I only loved. I hated him during the season. Loved him in international play. 
Um, so it's been, you know, a challenge to get into, but it's funny how just watching a few matches, you start to understand tendencies and like, really it comes back fast. Mm. Um, and there's just, there's something about the international soccer and the whole format of group play to knockout, like that whole, there's something about that format, um, just group play moving on to knockout matches that I just find extremely intriguing and pretty much all sports. I kind of wish, like, I know the NCAA tournament is like, is magic because it's one and done, but mm-hmm group play followed by like a, a smaller knockout tournament might be more fun. Yeah. If you're, yeah, fewer teams would be involved, but you're right. It yeah. would be it, what you get is the better teams have a better chance of moving into the knockout. You don't get, you don't get one seeds losing in the first round and then like blowing your bracket or whatever. Right. I almost feel like baseball, it would be the sport that would serve be best served by adopting this format in the playoffs. One game, like like four games, or like yeah, yeah. Baseball playoffs. You play everybody a... in your pod. <laughs> yes. Instead of like seven game series, which honestly are not like it's it's fun at the end, but it's not fun in the first few rounds. No, this is this is a this is a really good uh, this is a really good idea. Like this this format for like the NBA finals would be pretty good. I mean, also, I mean, it just wouldn't drag out as long, right? Yeah, you, you can knock these... out first few rounds of group play. I'd like it. Yeah. And then, and then just one and done the rest of the way. <laughs> that would be that would be interesting. But yeah, well, no, I mean for baseball and the NBA, you'd still have to play a series at some point. Okay. You just have to decide how big the playoffs actually are. Right. But I, I really, and this is a, not related to what we're talking about. But I really mm-hmm. want baseball to just adopt ties. Like I, I mean, play eleven innings, and after eleven innings, if nobody wins, it's tie. Like just like with PKs, like okay, it's tied, you get one point, and and take make it like hockey standings. Right, like I'm regular totally, season, yeah, regular yeah, season, I, regular season, regular season games go nine innings, done. I wouldn't even mind if you just say, just make it eleven. You get two frames, mm-hmm. and there's none of this bullshit runner on second stuff. Yeah, and it's just a normal baseball game for eleven innings. If you can't, if you can't get it done in eleven, then mm-hmm. then it's a tie. Yeah, well, baseball like wins are almost meaningless anyway. <laughs> so, well, I mean, people get paid for those, but the uh, anyway, but the. Uh, yeah, international soccer has been very energizing. Like I like watching those games. I like the energy of it. I like the, I like everything about it. I like the announcers. I like I like the whole thing. It, it just it, it appeals to me. You can turn it on any old time and just jump right into it, and it's great. I also think it's like there's a, you know, there's a nationalism in Europe that we're never going to understand, right? Because we're such a big nation and have so few neighbors that the agony. Of like the stakes clearly for the players versus like club soccer, which yeah, they care and they care a lot more in like, you know, like the champions league and things like that. But it's it's Mm -hmm. never like, you can see like if they lose, like, okay, we lost. It sucks. It's professional. Mm -hmm. But the international stage, when like somebody does something dumb, they just want to crawl into a hole. It's just (laughs) amazing (laughs) because you're going to see those people on the street. They're going to like drag your name. Like it must be painful to have an entire country drag your name through the mud for doing something stupid on a soccer pitch, right? <laughs> well, Newcastle United's goalkeeper, who is the Slovakian national goalkeeper, started the scoring in the Spain-Slovakia match today by uh, swatting the ball into his own goal. <laughs> <laughs> like, with, like just basically half whiffing. He, and like The ball popped up off the crossbar, and he had to jump. to try, Instead of trying to punch it, he just tried to slap it, and he just missed and like hit it with the side of his hand, and he ended up just swatting it directly into his own goal. <laughs> It didn't end up mattering because it was a five no match by the time it was over. But yeah, it was tough for the first forty minutes. Oh. Like, ooh, that's the kind of shit where, like, in Europe, like, your parents will go to the supermarket and people will, like curse at you, like they're like <laughs> sneer at you. <laughs> well, now he has to go back to like Newcastle next year, and they're not going to not know that happened, right? They're going to be like, yeah. oh man, remember this? <laughs> remember this? Oh, this guy's got his shit together now. <laughs> the other thing that really has got me watching is uh, Olympic trials. I'm okay. so down with Olympic trials. Now, um, a lot of it, you know, NBC's carrying it. The Peacock streaming network is carrying it. If you get that, if you, if you're lucky enough to have that, um, man, track and field for some odd reason, like I don't give it, no one gives a shit about track and field for most, for the most part. That's like it's, swimming. It's, but it's, exactly. And that's the thing too. Swimming, track and field, Olympic year, uh, you know, people like poo-poo the Olympics. Like, do we really need the Olympics or whatever? But for these sports, you absolutely need the Olympics. Like, no one gives a crap about how fast people run until they have to run in the Olympics that year. We just need to get – we need to rework the Olympics so it's not this, like, municipal boondoggle for whatever city has to host it. Sure. Like, yes, the whole building of new stadiums is insane. It's like, no, I'm sorry. Just 
pick the cities that have the facilities, and that's where the Olympics will be. If you had to remove the IOC, FIFA, or the NCAA, which one would you remove? Oh, that is tough. I think probably. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I think the IOC because you can make an argument that for all their faults, the products that ultimately FIFA and the NCAA are supporting are not like fundamentally broken, like the way the Olympics is fundamentally broken. Right. Um, and I think there's an opportunity to have, like, I think international competition is a lot of fun. Like we've talked about with the soccer. So to, to eliminate it, I think is, is a shame. And I, I like Olympic sports. I think they're fun to watch. Um, I wish there was, I don't, I don't have it like a, an, an insatiable appetite for it. I couldn't deal with like, you know, I'm not going to watch professional track. You couldn't, you couldn't create a format where I would watch that. No. But as an international, who's the fastest person in the world and which country do they come from? That's very interesting because it's just a pure sort of human competition. Like who's the fastest swimmer is an interesting question and it needs to be answered every four years. Right. Exactly. And that's pure competition. I can run faster than you. I mean, it has nothing to do with the team I play on or, you know, whatever this is. The officiating. It's like they shoot the gun. They stop the clock when you cross the line. That's how fast you are. It's um, and by the way, the the guy who ran like I'm a, like a sucker for the 400 meter. Mm. For, it, it feels like the worst race, like the 800 or the 400. What, which one's worse? I'm not really sure. I mean, because those 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 runners have to just like go like hell, mm-hmm. and you know they're just dying. That's why they're <laughs> great. I love the, the idea great. that it's like almost a distance run, but you basically have to sprint the whole time. Right. Yeah. But the guy who ran, the guy who won the 400, I don't know his name because I don't do research in this way. I I was fascinated <laughs> by him. I mean, just like floating, like floating, mm. ran like 44.5 or something stupid and just kind of floated around the track. I was just like, all these people are like flailing, flailing. This guy's like just floating. It's just like, that guy's amazing. Like he's, when they make it look easy, when mm-hmm. like, remember like in the Usain Bolt heyday where he's like celebrating 20 yards for their 20 meters from the finish line. And you're like, right. there are like nine other guys sprinting their guts out. <laughs> And you're slapping your chest and smiling. <laughs> He's smiling yeah. and looking around. He's got yeah. his hands up. It's like, oh, God. You know, Amazing. there's something about that mental state, too, because we talk all the time about how difficult, you know, not to bring it back to golf, but, like, I had sort of a difficult round the other day and kind of pulled it together. I was playing for money, so, like, uh, I, I was down better big. Get your, better get your shit together. <laughs> I was down big in the, in the front, but played much better on the back. But then on the last hole, it actually was, like, it, it mattered. It was the la- very last hole. And it's like a 291-yard hole. And I shouldn't hit driver. The landing area is maybe 30 yards across. And for some reason, I just got in a headspace where I, like, even I smiled to myself as I'm standing over the ball. And I'm like, I'm going to hit this well. And I hit it on I, – I drove the green and obviously won the money. So I, there's something – It's a good I, story. There, well, there's something where you, when you have the confidence and you know you can execute and you it, it just – it makes – you feel the happiness. Yeah. Yeah, I think for sure. Yeah. Yeah, the – you know, a high level of performance, regardless of what you're doing, always feels good. Yeah. But to be, but to be the highest level performer in the entire world, or the fastest person like who's ever run, <laughs> like Usain Bolt, like no one on the planet in the history of the planet is has been faster than him. Right. It's got to be. That's that's got to just put you in a different headspace about lots of things in your life. It would really. Uh, I, I can't imagine trying to deal with that. I'm the fastest human being that's ever existed. You sit around wow. and think about it. Would you try to do everything fast? <laughs> Would it become like a problem? Like it's a curse? I don't know. He seems like he's. He seems like. Uh, he seems like he's. Seems like he enjoys his life. So he doesn't he does. feel. Too, it doesn't seem like he's too cursed by it. Are you watching any NBA? You don't watch the NBA. I have not been watching the NBA. I mean, it has and you know I've been watching like Vegas Golden Knights hockey games, but I haven't watched. I don't watch hockey in general. So. I've gotten yeah. into the NBA playoffs purely because we're down to like the Suns, the Clippers, the Bucks, and the Hawks. I did watch. I did watch some of the Suns game um, the other night, and I like the way they play. They're fun to watch. But it's one of these things where one of these teams is going to win a title that hasn't won a title for like forty years. So I'm sort yeah. of you know like I find myself compelled to watch it. And there's been some great moments. Um, I really I I can't understand my feelings for Trey Young. The Hawks guard, like <laughs> I, I think it's because I don't understand what he's doing with his hair, so I can't like settle on who he is as a person. <laughs> and I know there's like a thousand. You don't come here for your Trey Young hair takes. There's plenty out no. there on the internet. You don't need Certainly. me to do it for you. Certainly, 
but I just don't understand the choice. Like, that's what's fascinating about it to me. It's not sort of, he has bad hair, ha ha, he looks dumb, ha ha. No, it's like, how did you arrive at this decision? <laughs> that's what I want to know. I don't know. That's a funny, uh, that's a funny thought. And then when you I, first, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I think I will watch. If the Suns make the finals, I think I'll watch. Okay. I think I'll watch those games. And I don't really know who I want to win. And I think that's why I end up, like, watching the games. Because my kids will be like, who do you want to win? And I'm like, I don't know. Or I don't even know if I care. Yeah. Not the want, Clippers. Right. I just want to see some good basketball. That's yeah. good. That's a, and that's fair. For the, sure. The first thing I put on, and I, did, and I didn't mean to tangent so many times. The first thing I put on here, and I ha- I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it for our listeners. If you don't know who Suns and Four guy is, I encourage you to, uh, to uh, get familiar with his work. Are you familiar with Sons and Four guy? No. So there's no preamble, but there's a video of a fight from a, uh, two rounds ago now. Maybe the round before. Might, might have been the last round. Might have been the round before. I don't remember how long ago this happened now. At some point, like the opposing fans like start swinging on this guy, and then uh, they're like a row above him. And so he like takes the first blow, and then he bends down. And as he bends down, he gets the guy's collar, and, and he comes, pops back up, and just starts hammering him with uppercuts. And then he's like holding him still while his friend is like say, like trying to like separate them. And he's like, I'm, I'm kicking your boy's ass. And he's like looking at him and he hits him again. And then, then he like, they, you know, they get broken up or whatever. And he's like, and he's screaming, he looks, turns and screams. He's like, sons in four. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, that video sounds right up my alley. I'm you need to go look, find out sons I'm in look, four. I'm looking that up right after we're done with this for sure. And then I'm also, last thing, I'm enjoying the absolute chaos that is the Major League Baseball's decision to try to mid-season enforce um, tack substance, tacky substance on the pitching in the middle of games. And like these pitchers just throwing absolute fits being asked to take off their stuff. It's great. Right. Take your hat off, take your glove off. Let me see inside your belt. And they're just absolutely not having it. And it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's such a major league baseball thing to do. It's like, what's the worst possible way we can, we can right. Uh, right. make the situation yeah. play out as badly yeah. as possible. Yeah. People are relatively interested in baseball again. And let, how can we fuck this up? Yeah. Idiots. All right. Segment number two. All right, so for us in the Pacific Northwest, and maybe for many of you in the uh, in the world, um, it's going to be hot this week. Hot. Like, real world hot. Like, you know, we make fun of Seattle people because they complain about when it's hot and it's like 82 degrees. Yeah. And that's not really hot. Rich is why they should shut up. Because <laughs> exactly. now you're going to taste it for real. <laughs> Get ready to lick the devil's asshole because now you're going to understand what it's like. So, so for people who aren't familiar with Seattle, there is a significant percentage of homes in the Seattle area that don't have air conditioning. As we've discussed many times on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, Ty being one of them. The, um, but here we go. This is the, the, we're going to have not just like one hot day, but like there's a, a fairly decent stretch, which is going to be like four and a half days of 100 plus degree weather for this this which is gonna i mean people it's nothing the news has been talking about and you know as a local news connoisseur right <laughs> we, we've heard <laughs> it is nothing they, they talk about almost nothing else for the last three days so i went to college in missouri where of course we have air conditioning but i would go for summers by myself like i was playing in a band i was taking some summer school um just not being at home, but I lived in this house by myself without my four other roommates. So I really couldn't afford to jack on the, you know, the, the AC. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever been in the Midwest in the, in the, in the summertime, you know that it's humid and like hot, like again, like real world hot, like big stretches of 90 degree plus weather. And, uh, and fortunately for me, I had a basement to run to, mm-hmm. which was, which was the only way I could survive. But, uh, but I'm just wondering how people are going to handle the heat now. Now I know you have you don't have AC at your house, so what are your plans? You have do you, you have a strategy here that um, what what strategies are you employing to to make sure that you can try to find some comfort because that your house is going to get hot like yeah. eighty plus degrees inside, like so, ninety degrees and it's hot inside. Knowing that we are going to be you know working here all summer and the kids can't really go to like any kind of meaningful long-term camp or like day daycare really mm-hmm. um, i guess they could have but we didn't we didn't sort it out in time because the world was still kind of a mess when you would have had to lock that in and i wasn't right. trying to make that happen so um 
one of the things I wanted to do, you know, we've talked before about I have a, I have a freestanding pool that I've set up that I set up for the kids in the summer. Uh, mm-hmm. I have now determined that these 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 Intex soft sided pools, apparently a single single season use because <laughs> I could not have been more careful putting it away uh-huh. last year. Uh-huh. Super careful, cleaned it all up, got it all ready for storage, wrapped it up in the cover that I use to cover it at night, right when you have it out in the summer. Okay. I got also like the, the filter for it this year. Like I was really going to get it dialed in. So it stayed nice the whole summer. Mm-hmm. And I finally filled it up two days ago and it's got like three punctures in it. Sure. Like, like where it was folded, like crease, like where the creases were, like the corners of the maybe, creases. Maybe, or maybe it like, you know, just it, it, as we're it, the pad that it's sitting on, if part of the edge rolled off. It's like, so I was able to patch one early on because I found it from the bottom. No mm-hmm. problem. Then I got it all the way full and there's like sidewall punctures. I'm like, fuck, because it's full. <laughs> So the water get, is just coming out. Why don't you get some of that that, that, that flex tape? It's on the way. <laughs> I was going to say that. I see that commercial, man. They they just slap that shit on there and the leaks stop. Well, so I did I did get the, the underwater tape that's specifically for boat mending when you can like, we'll see if it works. It'll be here on Saturday. But in the meantime, I've I've uh, I've duct taped it up and, and I've got it like to a, like a slow trickle so the pool is manageable and then I'll get it fixed up. But either way. We've set up an outdoor workspace on the deck so we can see the kids and they can be in the water, right? So they're safe. Okay. And then they've got a, one of those big cantilever umbrellas and then I take a fan out there too. And it's actually better to be outside in the shade than it is to be in the house, mm-hmm. even when it's, you know, 99 degrees outside or whatever. So yeah. that's sort of the short-term plan. Um, the other plan is just eat shit. It's <laughs> <laughs> not much to be done. Can you ship them off to to grandma and grandpa's at the island is that do they have? They will be yeah so we have plans have... to do that yeah we have plans to do that uh here and there they have um uh some some like individual units they don't have central air okay but they they have some cool area yeah well i mean that's that's important like have you thought about that i guess i guess maybe a little late to get i mean there's obviously well, no, they're actually going up there next week but like this weekend is our older daughter's birthday so we already had things planned out how about you guys? You you don't have an air you don't have a portable air conditioner of any kind or I haven't bothered. I haven't bothered. I was looking at this this video that you on on this article that you sent me about staying cool though about like uh-huh. how to make an air conditioner with a with a water pump <laughs> and like like That's basically like... attach a bunch of like uh, coil or uh, copper piping to your your fan uh-huh. and then run run a, a water pump through it with the ice block in the in the cooler. Yeah, it doesn't seem impossible. I may it have to like, I may have to pull that together. No, I'm a, I do have a portable air conditioning unit. If you would like it, I, just let me know after the show. I will. We'll. We'll make. We'll make some arrangements, and uh, you can come get it. No, that's that's an, that's an NBD kind of a deal. I can help you out if I can. At, All right. least, at least you'll be able to sleep in your house. <laughs> I may have to take you up on that because yeah. it is. It's t- it's not so bad at night. We get the good cross breeze going, but yeah, man, it's serious like, business this year. Yeah, but that is good. So I did find an article about how to keep cool. Now we we you know I did as a as a college student did the little swamp you know the swamp cooler kind of a deal mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where you know you get a you get a igloo like one of the 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 styrofoam ones and you just put a bunch of ice water in there and then you <laughs> and then you duct a fan into it and then it blows out the other and then you you cut two holes in it blow right. a fan in one and then it comes out the other side i mean i absolutely did that and it and it works and it works fine although you have to have a very active ice maker right <laughs> depending upon depending upon you know you know how you like to how you like to do it but i have uh, one of those little desktop ones that's like that it's just hmm. a, a sheet like a water sheet and then a, a frozen sheet of ice and if it's 85 degrees outside and i want to run it it it's good for maybe an hour and a half if it's 90 degrees outside it's like 10 minutes like right. just like no. this is pointless. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. The you know the cooling the the cooling uh, the cooling towel the mission cooling towel. I have one of those. Yeah, it's good for that's also good for fevers. <laughs> I'm a big believer in you know if I get sick not yeah uh, you know you get a you know a little flu or whatever it's like you know it's it's you know, ibuprofen cooling towel Gatorade like two days later good as new. All right, I have to try but, that out. Yeah. Do you have like a, does your, does your house have like the whole house fan? Can you like run the fan at all? Like We the, have big ceiling fans. I don't know that I want to blow the forced air. Like, mm. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know if I want to suck in air from outside, blow it into my house. I don't think that's going to help. <laughs> I think this is one of these things where it's like, shut the blinds, turn the ceiling fans on and try to keep the, the, the sun out. And then, yeah. And then don't speak. 
No one speak. <laughs> no one talk. But my, my, one of my favorite things here on, the, uh, on this uh, article about how to cool your house without AC, try planting vines. Well, it's a little... <laughs> I don't know if that's going to work for... I don't know if that's going to work for next later year, this Next year, year vines. <laughs> maybe, maybe if you start this year in four years... You might have enough vines on your on your house to to uh, to to help keep it cool. Yeah, coat your wooden house in biological material and see how well that goes <laughs> next for the next ten years. Fantastic idea. That's a, speaking of vines, remember remember the Brady Bunch? Like the Brady Bunch, for some odd reason, there was like a big vine thing outside the uh, the 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 window of the 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 girls' room. Do you remember? Okay, this? I can't say that I do, but I believe you. Yeah. Anyway, I was always sort of fascinated by that. I was like. What they have vines, and you could climb on that thing, and you could climb out the window and all the way down to the bottom on this on these vines. Well, was there a trellis? There must have been, but or yeah. I guess a lattice rather. Yeah, I mean, sure. But I was as a kid. I mean, as a little kid, just like, oh, what they grow plants on their house? I don't get it. Do we need two words for lattice and trellis? Do these <laughs> seem to be different things? I know they are different things. Lattice is the pattern. Trellis is the apply the actual thing. No, lattice is the uh, it's it's vertical crosshatch, and trellis is like sort of anything that runs on a horizontal plane with uh, like straight bars. Like okay, yeah, I mean, it would, obviously, you use the terms that I they're interchangeable as far as I'm concerned. Right, wood things that are outside <laughs> your house, decorative wood. Okay, so one of the things is turn on the bathroom fans and the exhaust fan in your kitchen to drag hot air that rises and pushes out of your home. Do you think this works? Like how much, how much air is like your bathroom fan and your um and your and your kitchen exhaust fan pushing? I might as well stand at the window and wave my hands. <laughs> like I know it's not a, a zero. Like it's doing something. Obviously, the yeah. kitchen fan particularly is probably not a terrible idea to like sort of just leave on on the low. Mm-hmm. Although, to be honest, I'm more concerned about the wear and tear on my millet. We, Vauvon, the millet. Now, I know that it, your your house is like, you have a walkout basement, right? Yes. Like, like, part of it is enclosed by the ground. Correct. So, does it stay pretty cool down there? In the, it's much, in the... much more comfortable than the upstairs, yes. Yeah. So, will you, will you, uh, will you transplant yourself down there? I mean, do you have, like, to, to, to live a little? Um, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how hot it is. Uh, I'm not going to go like sleep in the kids' rooms. Um, if they're there. Yeah. Cause that's not going to be a good sleep. That's not gonna be any better than sleeping hot in my own bed. <laughs> um, we'll see. I'll have to, I'll have to play it by ear. It's going to be tough. Uh, I know that like I, I've had to work from down there before on super hot days. I definitely can't come up here. Mm-hmm. Also, I worry about even running the computer when it's that hot. Oh right, yeah, yeah. You you can't you won't be able to stay in your little uh, office cubby there. You'll you'll cook. You'll cook like a cajachina. You'll be it, like a roast pork dish. What was the high today? Eighty. Yeah, I'm sweating right now. <laughs> like while we're talking, because I have to close the window for this. Because right, you can hear it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I wish all it for for our for our Seattle listeners I wish you all luck if you uh, if you don't have a uh, if you don't have a uh, air conditioning unit um, I would loan mine to you but maybe I'm loaning mine to Ty so you know I'm just going to be in that pool with the leaks in it <laughs> just keep refilling the shit just, yeah just put the hose in there and turn yeah. the hose on on a trickle yeah. if you can match up the leakage with the actual trickle of the hose <laughs> it stays full all day baby oh i can't believe that that thing is jacked up after all the care i put into putting make sure because it happened before this is the second one i don't know i got you gonna write you system. need to write a strongly worded email to the intex people the the purveyors of the purveyors of inflatable plastic in this country yeah i mean they i mean really they've cornered the market on it because i know i have intex i have like an intex like uh like portable bed like a you know the little mat air mattress and my neighbor has the 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 uh the little kayak he and his daughter like ride around in the Intex kayak, man. Yeah, I had Intex with your mom. <laughs> Stop. Sorry, she's sitting there. <laughs> Terrible. Not even funny, really. Segment number three. All right, so you know we're a fan of the Would You Rather, and Would You Rather is always really fun. But today we're going to the dark side of the Would You Rather, into the moral dilemma. Now I found some moral dilemmas that. That are, you know, 
they can be a little rough. Some of them are a little rough. They take you to some really dark places in terms of scenarios. Yeah. There's one that like I actually find very interesting that I like flat out just won't read on the No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, I'm like, so what I'm gonna do in this in this segment is I'm gonna read the uh, I'll read the, the text of the um, of the dilemma and we will sort of talk about it. We'll see if see uh, if we can come to some sort of reasonable agreements okay. about what's going on. The, uh, the, uh, yeah, let me start with this one. The, uh, let's see. Okay, so this one's called Nieces and Daughters. So let me read this. You and your family are going away for the weekend. Your daughter is seven and she's best friends with your niece, who is also seven. Your families are very close, and your daughter asks if the niece can come to play with you on her holiday, and you have been on holidays together before, so no problems. You agree. You arrive at the holiday destination at the house you're staying at, and it backs onto a beach. Girls ask if they can go for a swim. You tell them they have to wait until you've unpacked the car. But after five minutes, you hear them screaming from the direction of the beach, and it sounds like the girls. You run down there to see what the matter is, and there's no one else on the beach, and the girls are caught in a rip. The girls are struggling. Your niece isn't as strong a swimmer as your daughter. You swim out to get them, but you realize there's no way you'll be able to get both girls back to the shore on your own, and you're realizing that a agonizing decisions will need to be made. You decide which of the girls you will rescue first. You have enough strength and energy to rescue them both, but you can only do it one at a time. You look at the two girls, and the niece is really struggling to hold her head above the water, and you know if you take your daughter back first, there will be little or no chance she will survive. Your daughter is struggling also, but is a much stronger swimmer in the water, and you estimate that if you take your niece back to shore first, there's probability, uh, about 50% chance, that your daughter will be able to stay float long enough for you to return. But you simply don't know how long she will hold on for. What do you do? Immediately, I want to short-circuit the whole thing. Because I have a seven-year-old, and I don't believe there's any scenario where I couldn't haul two seven-year-olds back to the beach. <laughs> Okay, I, yes, and and but here's the thing: like you hear these stories all the time of people who go out to rescue people in a in a riptide, and if you don't have a flotation device yourself, it's likely everyone's going down. Probably, <laughs> like, I don't care. Like if you're a recreational swimmer, unless you're a trained swimmer of some sort, for you to enter the ocean and try to rescue people without a flotation device, you're probably you're probably not going to make it. So. So this, so yeah, obviously you want to short circuit this, you know, yeah. you could go with the, you could go with the Kevin Costner, the guardian thing. It's like, you know, I find whoever I get to first or people who are struggling worse and I swim as hard as I can for as long as I can. And the sea takes the rest. That's the, that's the, uh, the Kevin Costner thing. But the whole family dynamic, it's the family dynamic sure. that you see here. It's like, do you save your own daughter first? Is your own, is your own daughter more important than your niece? And this is a, this is, this is the tough one, right? This is the. The like this girl has no chance. My daughter has a better chance. Am I willing to gamble? I would say that given what I know about how I tend to react in emergency situations, that if I'm able to assess the situation so accurately that I know that that girl's going to die for sure. If I don't help her, I have a feeling that I don't know that I would think about it this logically. Like I think it would just be a matter of, I have to save that child. That child's going to die right now. The other one looks right. like it's going to, it looks like she's going to be okay for a few moments. Right. And maybe you can coach her to be like, you know, swim parallel to the shore. Right. Cause if you can just float. get in the, yeah, get into the current, swim parallel to the shore and you can stay afloat for a long time. Right. So it just depends on, I, I, I mean, my kids would die because they don't listen. <laughs> Regardless of what you tell them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 The ocean is a cruel, is a, is a harsh mistress. So meanwhile, I'd also be like, I told you not to go out in the water. What, the <laughs> right. what are we doing? Like, what are we doing out here? Yeah. I'd have to berate them before I try to save their lives. <laughs> right. This is an important part of the scenario. I, I think I also would have to take the, the kid who I knew was, was struggling the most. Yeah. And, and then, and then in turn coach my own child because instead of, trying to coach my niece and then saving my own child. Right. Yeah. Cause that's the, you, you try to coach your own child. It's like, you need to calm down. You need to remember safety float. Like let's float on your back. Just go ahead and just remain as calm as you can. And I will be right back for you. I need some specifics though. Like, so this is my niece. Is it like niece in law? 
Like, how often do I see her parents? <laughs> it is the is it child my brother's daughter? Of your sibling. It's the child of your sibling. Like step sibling. <laughs> how often are we getting together? Like, how often am I going to deal with the? Right, remember yeah. when you didn't save my kid? We are right. Exactly. Yeah, I mean. We'll be spending all of our time in hell together for eternity if that makes you feel any better. I'm just saying, if I'm doing this much math before I'm getting in the water, I will, might probably include that in my calculation. Right. Yes. Do I need to see Jim again at Christmas? <laughs> Tough one. But yes, yeah, definitely, though, 100%, there's got to be some berating by the time I swim out there. It's like, what did I tell you, kids? Now look at this. We're all going to die out here because you're stupid. You're yeah. stupid children. That's the rule with the pool I just stood up. It's like, if I catch you getting in this pool unsupervised, that's it. I'm popping it. Yeah, I will take I'm, a knife and slash the shit in, like, right down the side just to make it, like... It, it might half pop anyway, just on yeah. its own. But yeah. I will make sure that it's going to pop right now. I will yeah. get a knife and put it out. Because I'm a bad parent, and I want to create traumatic memories for my children for the times <laughs> they were punished. Right. Then he took a knife and slit the whole thing open, and the water gushed all over the yard. That might be a whole. That might be another segment for another time about like, like traumatic punishments we doled out to our kids just because we were tired of dealing with their shit. Yeah, yeah. I never. Like, I'll never forget when my mom took my like. I think it was some sort of a dart gun and like stomped it until it was pieces. <laughs> I learned right? a lesson that day. I'll tell you, you what. You absolutely did. And yeah. I absolutely did. And these children, once you save them, once you, once you've taken your niece back to shore and then saved your daughter and successfully navigated this horrible situation, there'll be some yelling and screaming and grounding and all kinds of shit that happens after this. I'm glad you kids are alive, but guess what? We're going your home life, and you've ruined you, our vacation. Your, your life just got a lot worse. <laughs> right. All right. Which one did you pick? Well, I picked a drowning one too. <laughs> <laughs> it is summertime, and we I are guess, thinking. Yeah, and we're all thinking of the beach. This one's called lifeboat. Okay. So uh, you're on a cruise. The cruise ship is sinking. Okay. You have to board the lifeboats. Am uh, I? As, am I? Am I with? Am I with Kate Winslet at any point in this situation? <laughs> uh, not that I'm aware of. Okay. All right. It seems like you're alone in the scenario here because there's no like your your family is not part of the equation. Okay. Um, there's people you know, I guess, because okay. So as your lifeboat is lowered, it, it, it there's a, hit, a mishap and it puts a hole in the side of the lifeboat. There are ten people in the boat, and if you figure out if, if you're bailing water out, you, you realize that if nine people bail, one person can rest. And they again, don't don't think too hard about this because I don't think anyone's doing this math in this situation. Okay. <laughs> Um, but if they keep, if nine, if nine people is enough to basically continually bail enough water out to keep the boat afloat, okay. the lifeboat, uh, which means one person can rest. So you can cycle through for whatever reason this says it's going to take five hours. If, the, if you if you do that, then you have five hours for rescuers to show up, um, while taking your break. So it's your turn to rest. Uh-huh. You glance over to another boat and notice that a friend of yours who you met on the boat, well, I don't know why it says on the boat, like whatever, okay. a friend of yours, has, has noticed your predicament. He signals for you to come over and join them on the boat so you don't have to continue bailing water out. There's only one room, there's only room for one more person on their boat, uh, and their boat, you have to make the decision quickly, essentially. Their boat is floating away. You estimate that if you jump, you're, that means that everyone remaining will have to continually bail water to keep their lifeboat afloat, and that it probably will cut down the time that they're able to do that for maybe two hours, right? So down to, from five hours down to two. If you stay aboard, you can maintain the five hours um, and everyone has a better chance to survive. So you have about 30 seconds to make the decision. Do you stay on your current boat and help keep it afloat as long as possible and hope that the rescue will arrive in five hours? Do you go to your friend's boat ensuring your rescue but reducing the chances of the others on the boat being rescued? And I know they want this to be a moral, moral dilemma, but these are strangers. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's nice meeting you all. Yeah. I'm a peace out. Yeah, and I probably you know I might do a little acting. Oh, I fell out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna swim over to this other boat. Yeah, it's closer. No, no, no. It's I got it. You guys keep keep doing what you're doing. I if mean, you stop to rescue me, you'll sink. Right, right. Just keep bailing, folks. Keep 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 bailing. Here's the thing. We've all been in enough group situations or work situations. And you know that if it comes down to everybody on your team putting in the maximum effort to keep everyone alive, you are fucked. Yep. Because you there's a hundred percent chance that you that you are drowning anyway, right? Hey, guess what? We're living through it right now. You heard of the vaccine <laughs> hesitancy? <laughs> right. Right. It's like, 
obviously this is what's best for the group, but you can assess pretty quickly that, oh, you don't even have to assess it. You can just know that if there's a group of nine people and you require all the, all nine of these people to work furiously and as a team and together for the next five hours for your mutual survival, your chances of surviving are zero. Yeah, correct. (laughs) And, you know, women and children first, maybe but 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 the the, the actual uh, scenario was in the and kid of like itself. a brat earlier in the movie <laughs> <laughs> but in and of itself that scenario that situation is untenable right there's yeah. no there's no possible way i mean you just it's know too it's many it's too work. many people within five minutes you're gonna catch somebody slacking there's no way you could get nine people to do anything consecutively for five straight hours period not, not i don't chance. care what it is there'll be one person who bails like a motherfucker for like the whole time, like can't stop. like the bell curve, right? Right. There's there's some people who will just who will just spend all their energy trying to ensure the survival of this boat, and then there'll be some people who will give it an effort, and then there's going to be a bunch of people. There're going to be three other people who are doing nothing and are yeah. just like going to give up and like, oh, we're dead anyway. I'm not going to bail this water. It's like bail right. the water. Those are the people you throw out of the boat. Well, you need them all though. You need that many hands to bail the water. <laughs> You but don't if have there's le- to do with. but if there's less, but if there's less weight in the boat, it feels anyway. Perhaps, yeah. I, I mean, would, if you could just chuck five of them, maybe it would actually like, work out. We would hit the water. We would be bailing the boat. I would see my friend. My sit. My friend would be like, "Come over here. We've got space." I would dive straight out of that boat, and I would go right over to my friend's boat, and I would get in it. Yeah. I don't. Oh no! Think, I, oh no! I fell out. No, I don't. I don't <laughs> even think I would. Oh no! I fell out. I'd say, like, you know, there's there's certain times where I feel like I owe. I, you know, you owe your, your best effort to, to, you know, your group. But at some point, you just have to say. Well, the reality is there's no guarantee that, I mean, it says in the thing that it guarantees your rescue. But there's no guarantee that's a, that you're getting rescued, even if you get to the other boat. No, no. At, that, at this point, you have to just say. And I'd argue with the bailing my, situation that all these people have a better chance of surviving. And I don't know how cold the water is, obviously. But it, let's say the water is survivable temperature. That I think everyone has a better chance of surviving if they all swim and just hang on to another boat. Right. Or they, you know, if you have your life, if you have a life preserver on, you're yeah. fine. But if it's, if it's not survivable, if it's, if the water is too cold, like, I mean, even the Puget Sound is yeah cold enough to where if you fell into it, even with the life preserver on, you wouldn't last. You not wouldn't long. Last, you wouldn't last 30 minutes. No. Yeah. So, I mean, you don't, I mean, it's not a, you know, it's a, it's a bad, it's a bad, boats, boats are a bad situation. Let's be clear. <laughs> You're never going to catch me on a cruise ship, ever. <laughs> I'm going to live my whole life and never get on a cruise ship. I I'm certain nice, of this. I actually had a nice cruise. We went to a cruise to Alaska. That's nice. But you could like, see the water. Oh, yeah. You can see like, the, oh, you can see the water, obviously. You can see the land most of the time. Like you right. feel like if the ship sank and you got in the lifeboat. I mean, the land was like right over there. It's like, like I'm never, I don't want to get on a boat that is like, I don't want to get on a boat that is holding thousands of people or, or, and self-contained. <laughs> It sounds bad. It's all you can eat. Like it's like you could. The food's good. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know. Man. I don't. Know. I enjoyed. I enjoyed a cruise. Okay. I enjoyed. I'm, I'm, I'm not glad itching, you had fun. I'm not itching to get on another cruise like right now. But I mean, <laughs> but I did enjoy the one I went on. I could just right. go to you know rent a boat on a lake in Las Vegas and then go to the casino after that and have <laughs> these things be separate and not have yeah. to get on a weird boat. Yeah, rent a pontoon boat in the middle of some southwest lake and then, you know, jump off the top of it. That sounds like fun. It works for me. <laughs> All right. You know what time of the show this is. Are you stupid or something? Are you crazy? Or just plain stupid? Are you stupid or something? Stupid is or stupid does, sir. The stupidest things ever said. How come? <laughs> How come is how come? We all say this, but I what don't does that say mean? How come? People do. Let's say how come? Dad, you want to have a fun game? Maybe we can do this on the show t- sometime. Uh, type into Google "how come" and then some word, <laughs> <laughs> and see what the autofill comes up with. Because if you're typing "how come" into Google, you're it's in a it's just, <laughs> your search skills uh, are weak, and, it, and it's, it's not a good scene for you. How come? It's great. I haven't thought about that in such a long time. How come? Basketball great Magic Johnson says, I strive on pressure. Hey, me too. 
uh, you might remember this. When you hear about slavery for 400 years, for 400 years, that sounds like a choice. <laughs> it's a Kanye West tweet. Oh, Kanye. Yeah. I miss uh, Kanye. What's I don't. Doing? I miss original Kanye. No, I miss crazy Kanye. I just had like the super mix on the other day and through the wire came on and I was like, oh, remember when this is the first time I've ever heard of Kanye West? And I was like, wow, this is a great song. And then there was two great albums and a third okay one. And then just what, what happened? <laughs> Uh, former Russian Prime Minister Viktor Chernomirdin. Chernomirdin. Sorry, I should have practiced that before the show. Uh, that's right. Uh, I didn't realize that Russia had PMs prior to. I don't remember any anything. My Russian history is really lax. I, don't I know everything that happened in like nineteen between nineteen thirty five and nineteen fifty. <laughs> And then I know some stuff from the 60s. Basically, as long as America was the central character in the Russian history, I was I'm very familiar. Yeah, 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 those are the things you know. So he says, I have approximately two sons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, approximately. Well, I mean, it's okay. I mean, there's some, yeah, there's some, you know, some uh, error factor. Yeah, maybe yeah, three, yeah. maybe one. Who can be sure? <laughs> like, how many kids do you have? Two, as far as I know. Approximately two. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, here's a sign in an optician's window in Singapore. Computerized eye tasting. My God. Robots are licking eyeballs. <laughs> That's another reason. Reasons are is already like they're already they're already on robot overload at this point. Here's the menu here's a menu item from the Ukraine. It's not the Ukraine. It's just it's Ukraine. Ukraine. Yes. Got it. Kiev. Uh, this the item is sausage in the father in law. <laughs> and I found out that in Russian the word doe and father-in-law uh, have the same form in the prepositional case so this is basically somebody punched their language into Google Translate to get the English version because <laughs> it just means doe so it's basically pigs in a blanket uh, sausage in your father I think <laughs> I think I'm going to call it that from now on sausage in your father-in-law this is called the, the would you like some sausage in your father-in-law Maybe it's what they, they call it in Ukraine. I don't, hey, don't talk, talk, don't talk to me. They're, they, you know, they have their own way of doing things. Yeah, they, you're looking for a quid pro quo. <laughs> Here's soccer manager Johnny Giles. Great teams always have a plan B. Look at Barcelona. Their plan B is to stick to plan A. <laughs> step one, do the, your best. Step two, refer to step one. <laughs> Suck the game faster. Suck the game faster. I don't want to get into it, but I'll tell you what, there's some Spanish national team football where it's like, okay, can you just maybe try a long ball just to see what happens? <laughs> can you kick the ball maybe more than 10 feet to your, to your fellow teammate? It's, I mean, believe me, I actually love the style. Cause I think that's how, I mean, controlling football and trying to open up chances is a, mm. a good way to play. It's a lot better than the way the Americans play, for instance. Mm, sure. Um, and, but every once in a while, it's like you could send one in from distance. Like every, just just mix it up as right. a treat. <laughs> yeah, you got to set up your play right every now. You got to you got to try them long. I mean, it's just like you can't just do the same thing over and over again. Yeah, there was a stat while I was watching the match today, and it's like Spain has attempted four hundred fourteen hundred passes so far in the tournament, and twenty four percent of them have gone forward. <laughs> like, oh. Ouch! That's a tough stat. All right, and finally, on a bird seed package, we have nut and cherry attracts birds like junco, nuthatch, squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> because everyone's looking for the squirrels to overrun your bird feeder. That's the, they, they right. love it. Yeah, she's okay. So bird feeders, really? I mean, do, do the birds really need to be fed? Is that is that a, is that something that people need to do? Like, bird feeders and wind chimes are like the two things like that bug the shit out of me. It's like you're feeding the birds. Why? Like birds don't have. Because you want to look at the birds. Food. Oh my god, you're baiting the birds. Whatever you're feeding the squirrels, and then wind chimes. Wind chimes are the most insensitive, like thing you can do as a neighbor. Like, do you have wind chimes at your home? No. I want, there's somebody in my neighborhood who has wind chimes and I just want to find them and cut them down because it's bullshit. Like if you live in the country, like by yourself, like on acreage, have all the wind chimes you want. But if you live in a suburban <laughs> residential single family home neighborhood, do not put them up. 
I don't mind the uh, it's awful the sort of large clunky ones. But the you know, tingy like, ones. No, no, these the, are like no. the tingy ones. These are like the clingy, tingy, tingy ones. No, you should go over there and rip them down and stomp them in front of them. <laughs> right. Just not say anything. Just walk yeah. over to their house, rip them off their just, hook. Just clip them down. Clip and stomp pick them up them. and then throw them in the garbage. And be like, throw them on top of the roof is what you should do. <laughs> yes. Clip them down. No, then they'll get them and then put them back up. The ro- throw them on you. the roof. And just you have like, to destroy them. No, and then they can put them up, and I'll do it again. And we'll just keep doing it because, you know, I think maybe I should maybe I should run my political campaign on that. No wind chimes. <laughs> I will cut down all the wind chimes in this city. <laughs> I guarantee it. Yeah. Yay! No wind chimes. All right. Anyway, so on to the overtime. Overtime. So on the overtime, um, sports caster analyst Dan Orlovsky mm. pose this famous question. runner out of the back of the end zone famous runner out of the back of the end zone pose this team saved by the bell or team 90210 um, the now, one with Tiffany Amber Thiessen. right <laughs> <laughs> that was my first so my first my first my first my knee-jerk reaction was do I have to count Tiffany Amber Thiessen for both because if I don't then it's saved by the bell. But then I thought I expanded my mind mm. because it's not these, these shows are not just about women, but they're also about men and women. And so I had to take a more in, you know, a more inclusive view of what people value out of both of these, these okay. shows. Okay. Now I know you know, if you'd like to refer to the great, you know, K. May Meyer, Ty Keller, 90210 episode. Please do. You can go back in our archives and find it. I should have found it for you. Anyway, but the, uh, but I was thinking. Episode 93. <laughs> the uh, 93, my God, that was years ago. Oh. The, um, the, the Saved by the Bell female cast, I think, is superior. But I also think that the male cast of 90210 edges out, is, 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 is edging out the the uh, the Saved by the Bell male male cast, so it's like three and three, right? Yeah. It, so you have to you have to compare them three and three, like. So we're doing original six here. We're not counting. Original we're not counting late editions. No, no, we're not counting late editions because the nine hundred two one zero like late editions changes the calculus quite a bit. Yes, it but does. go ahead. Yes, you have to you have to go with the original. So, okay. from the from if we're going to start with the female side, I think the Saved by the Bell crew is superior. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what is it? So Shannon Doherty, you know Jenny. Jenny I'm trying Doherty. to think. I'm trying to think holistically. I'm not focused on any Tori one Spelling situation. Ver, VS. Yeah. You know. You know. VS. Tiffany Amber Thiessen, Berkeley, and um, Lark Lisa Voorhees. Turtle. Lark, Lark Voorhees. Lark Voorhees. Uh, before Lark Voorhees, I think went crazy, but they all kind of go crazy in the end anyway. I think so, she got a bad rap, actually. Oh yeah. Is yeah. That the deal. Yeah. Okay, but but I think the same for me personally, from a from a, I'm basically attracted to them. I think that I would say that the Saved by the Bell cast seems more attractive to me. Okay. Feels more attractive to me, and of course, Thesen's like the way the 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 distant front runner in this whole in this whole deal. And and that I think that really weighs the whole thing pretty right. heavily in that direction. Yeah. But now the men on the other side of it. Now the male cast, you know the big, you know priestly, you know Luke Perry, R.I.P. the late Luke Perry, and um, Informer. <laughs> 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 those those three, I think, are superior to. Well, I mean, you know, Gosler probably again in that he's in that he's in that he's in that upper echelon, like he's in the priestly Luke Perry yeah class. But the other two guys, I mean. I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta say that they're far inferior. Well, so if you look at it like that, that you know that uh, Brian Austin Green or, or David Silver is sort of the screech. Aren't the three guys really? I mean, isn't screech? Isn't it just that there is no third guy on Saved by the Bell, or there's really because that, aren't the three guys in, in 90210 really Brandon, Steve Sanders, and Dylan? And then mm. David Silver is sort of a like a second season kind of addition. He's around, but he, he doesn't really 
His plot doesn't matter until his friend Scott shoots himself. <laughs> right. right? Right. He's, I guess. So, I think God, it's just I, tough to compare. It's just, that's these are, hilarious. These are, it's hilarious that I wasn't even considering Ian's at all. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ian. I did enjoy yeah, that well, Sharknado. You're mispronouncing I, his name. Ian. Whatever. <laughs> Fuck. Please. I did enjoy me some. I did enjoy a little Sharknado. So you know, I and I'm not really like I didn't forget you on purpose, but okay. But if it's those three, I think it's even worse because I think Ian Ziering is a total like boat anchor. He's the he's the worst. Steve Sanders is the worst. He's pretty bad. Like throughout the his entire run on that show, he is the worst. He is the worst character and worst actor on that whole show. Can I just pick Tiffany Amethyst in Fastlane? That's the answer to the question for <laughs> that's me. The, that's the answer. Answer is Tiffany Amethyst in anything she's doing at the moment as a as a winner. But I think I think you have a you have a stronger male cast in nine hundred two one zero, and you have stronger female cast on Saved by the Bell. So how do you how do you square that? How do you square it? We're comparing a, a sitcom to a a, a a drama. I can't. It's not about that. It's just about it's just about who you think. It's 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 a feel it's a feel question it's a feeling question, like how do you feel about it? How team, I mean, are you team? If someone makes you shoot, are you team Saved by the Bell or are you team Nine Hundred Two One Zero? I, I can't do team it. Saved by the Bell. Okay, I'm I can't Saved I can't do it because I'm like much younger when Saved by the Bell is popular. So mm. there's like this idealism about high school and sure. like what's what it's gonna be like. And I'm a few years younger than those kids. And then like I'm a few years younger than Nine Hundred Two One Zero. But by the time at some point I caught up to Nine Hundred Two One Zero, basically. Right, yeah. like from a, a life of, age perspective, a bunch of thirty-year-olds going to high school, <laughs> um, and that was like that never seemed real. Like as I, I know that sounds ridiculous, so mm. I guess maybe it is Saved by the Bell for me too because I kind of I felt like I could relate to it more. Whereas nine hundred two and zero seems sort of insane, right from the get-go. Right, right, they're pumping through storylines really fast, right? Like Brandon has a gambling problem, and Brandon has a drug problem, and Brandon has a drinking problem. It's like all right, all right, you know, but <laughs> it's all in sophomore year too. It's like you settle down. <laughs> Can we, can we pump the brakes a little bit on your right. uh, on your on your adult problems in high school kind of thing? I love the whole conceit of nine hundred two and zero being we moved out here from Minnesota, so we don't know how to act. <laughs> right. We're small town kids in a big town of fancy people. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. I guess I guess I'm with you. All right. Well, there we go. All right, and, and that, that's it. Did you have any more to say about this? No, that's it. That's it. that's all we have. There may be some. There's maybe some additional feeling questions coming down the road. All right. Well, I love ambiguity, so I can't wait. All right. All right. That's our show. Our thanks to all of you for listening to Two on Three Pod, where we look outward to help you look inward. If you enjoyed the show, tell your friends, and if you didn't, don't. Drop us a review. Subscribe if you're new. But until next week, when we return with more pop culture, life strategies, and existentialism. Peace. <laughs>